Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Vibrant Family Podcast once again with me, Katie Lee, and Pastor Taryn Shea. Now, Taryn Shea, that is a very obvious background there. Now, I am not a sports fan, so please, I, I'm not impressed. But tell us why this is appropriate to this podcast today. Well, I mean, how could it not be appropriate? The Lakers just won their 17th championship this past Sunday. This is just this week. We've not even passed a full week. So obviously, I have to give props and also to celebrate a little bit with our wonderful online podcast audience. Now, but I must ask you, what does it have to do with our podcast topic, please? Well, you know what? We do have to make a segue there because maybe you're thinking, well, what does the Lakers have to do with anything related to family as church and church as family? Uh, But on a serious note, though, Katie and I, we've been kind of talking this week and there's been kind of a deep burden on our hearts and minds, especially as we're in the midst of reopening, which you all know. But something that we've been thinking a lot about is how are we doing as a church family? How are we regathering as a people? Because maybe in this pandemic, in some ways, we've kind of found ourselves in a bubble, much like how the Lakers have been in a bubble in order to get there to their championship. But then within the bubble, we've put God apart from us, or maybe we put one another aside from us so that we're not part of a team and we're not growing and we're not healthy and we're really struggling right now. And so we want to maybe use that as a segue to share a little bit about what groups mean to us and maybe what does it mean to be a part of this church family, how special it is, but yet also to invite you guys to be a part of what God is doing among us so that we can regather as a people. Yeah, you know, PT, I like the way that you say gather as a people, because it's not gathering into a building. So there are churches never meant to be a building. And before a while, we've made it into a building. It's become too comfortable for us to just show up for church, show up for Sunday school, show up for this, show up for that. But since we've been in this bubble now, as you say, how has that changed our thinking? And what does it mean to be regathered as a people? Can you help us unpack that a little bit? Well, to start with, we now need to show a lot more initiative. We, we have to prioritize and we have to not just take people and schedules for granted, but we have to make time for people. We have to show up for our online meetings. And even now, as we're reopening campus, for us to come back and regather to worship together, that's something that oftentimes is a wrench into our schedules and our comfort zones and what we are used to. And so if our relationship with God isn't strong. Regathering is very difficult. And then if our focus isn't on how we can do this with one another as part of a group, just like as important it is for all of the NBA players to be part of a team, then coming back, we could feel really aimless. Even if we have our parking spots and we have a good view of the platform and we have our apps and devices ready to go for corporate worship, it just feels like we're watching something rather than we are a part of something. Yeah, especially a parent when it's on a screen. So you do feel like you're just watching. You're not a participant. You're just an observer, mm-hmm. like a uh, spectator, like, as in watching the Lakers. You're just a spectator sport. And so what would help us? How about those of us, PT, who are struggling with that? Um, we are having a hard time kind of gearing up to want to get back into church life, or I'm not sure where I am in my relationship with God, or it's just kind of gotten, um, you know, sitting around, you know what I mean? 
Well, I think to start with, if you're talking about regathering as a people, it really helps to be part of a team, or in our case, it would be part of a group. That's how coming back could be more of this is what we are doing rather than we're watching other people do this, or this is what they are doing. Now, that sounds almost simplistic, uh, but it's so true in that if we're just trying to come back on our own, it often just feels like it is something that we are doing for ourselves. And then we start looking around to go, well, does anyone even care that I'm here? Or is it more convenient for me to maybe watch this at home than to schedule and to plan and to come out of my house to, to worship at church? Uh, maybe this church's broadcast is better than our churches. Maybe this particular sermon is better than our sermon. It becomes all about our preferences and our comfort zone. But then if you are able to have a team in the front of your jersey, and for us, more than FCBC Walnut, it's actually a group that you're a part of, people that you know and that you're seeking to be known by, then all of a sudden when you're regathering, there's a sense of returning with others. And you have people in mind, specific names, specific homes, specific interests, and specific people uh, that you want to come back with. That would be a really excellent start, which is the reason why we've been doing open enrollment in September, and which is now also where Group Finder is still available for you to be able to join a community group if you want to connect so you can come back as a people. So joining a group and coming back as a people is not just uh, being a part of a program. I'm yeah. just going to show up here. But it is seeing your identity as part of that our group of people like you that's your jersey like you said you know that's my team i'm wearing the same jersey and these are my people that we come back together and there is that team culture there is that um community but it's more than just um i, I want to unpack this a little bit it's more than that even pt because yes we can come back with people because we're friends we like to socialize oh yeah, yeah we're just being with each other catch up but there's still more than that when we come back. What does it mean to be a people? Well, in order to be a people that's unified in a way that's greater than its individual parts, then it must be a people that share a common mission and a common vision. Now, all the teams in the bubble, they were aiming for the championship. Each team were, were doing their best and they were training and they were practicing so that they had the opportunity to seize that trophy and win that championship. Now, for us then here at FCBC Walnut, it is to pursue our vision as well, to be a vibrant church of disciple makers, which means that you, as an individual follower of Jesus, that you would be healthy and vibrant and growing on your own. It's, it's not just that you happen to sign up for some group that's supposed to be like the, the funnest or the most interesting or you know has the most people, but that you yourself are fighting for a relationship with God. And then when you're part of a group, then you're there to encourage one another, to pray for each other, to check in on one another. You know, one of the things that you saw a lot during, especially watching the Lakers, is just how close LeBron and Anthony Davis were. If one was getting interviewed at the end of the game, the other person would wait. And when they won the championship, there were hugs all around. You could just tell that the team was anchored on the relationship with those two. And so it's a sense of, you know, it's not just being part of a group, but it's investing in the relationships in that group, which you've heard this then a million times from us, that it's very difficult to do in a congregation of 450. But you could do this with a group of three, five, maybe 10 people 
where you can know them and be known. But even that in and of itself is a cost. You have to put into that. It doesn't just happen. What do you think about that, Katie? What are some of the things that goes into really getting the most out of being in a group? I think being vulnerable, I think it's okay to say, hey, I'm not where I should be, but would you help me? No, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to join a group and say, hey, I need uh, your encouragement to help me in my spiritual growth. Don't think that you have to join a group saying, oh, I have it together. I know my Bible so I can contribute to this group or, you know, I'm spiritual to lead someone else. And I know some of us might be thinking, you know, I'm not I'm not there. I, 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 I can barely come, like you said, the intentionality. I can barely get on that Zoom call to make that effort. And I want to encourage those who might be thinking that. And at least you're listening to this podcast and maybe you haven't joined a group. It's okay to ask for help. And it's okay because that's where we all start. We, there might be other people who are in the same um, situation as you are, and they would find encouragement through your sharing and your vulnerability as well. Yeah, I, I do feel that in our church, there are many who have a hard time who are having a hard time in their spiritual walk. And maybe it's hard to come to a safe place to admit that. Yeah. And you know, um, some of you guys, maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm struggling in my faith, but I am in a group. Maybe you've been in a group for five years, 10 years. So you're wondering, why is it like this? Well, um, not sure exactly what your group is like, but certainly many of us could find ourselves in groups where we think that it can be more transparent, it could be more caring, it could be more involved. And so my encouragement to you guys is, you know, it does take effort and work to build into a group. And it's not always going to happen at the same time. Um, but if you find that there's value and worth in being connected and committed to a group, especially as we're regathering right now, then that time spent and that effort spent is worth it to, to really be willing to share, to, to pray, to check in on each other, to send that text, to make that call. Uh, even right now, to, to drive applications towards our regathering and corporate worship in your groups. Maybe instead of only relying on you know text and Zoom calls, maybe you guys could plan and strategize for how you could gather together, how you could pray for one another, how you can worship together in the ways that our church is offering and, and growing in opportunities to do, how you can serve together, how you can get involved. You might not be able to do this with everybody, but you could do this in your group. And for you guys that are leaders, I want to encourage you even more to be a catalyst for these opportunities because your group members, a lot of times they're looking to you. Uh, and so if you sprinkle some opportunities through our church for people to gather and to care and to do things with each other, it might go a long way. Yeah. Well, you know, the group is just a vehicle, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and what happens inside that really depends on the people. And sometimes that group is a little bit big, too. I mean, I know some groups are 12, 15, yeah. 20 people, but it's OK, because not everything happens at that group meeting. Right. You might meet once a month, twice a month, and not everything's going to happen at that meeting. But you're going to form relationships within people and yeah. reach out to one another on a personal basis. And um, again, for the people who would like more encouragement, reach out to someone, even if you're not currently in a group and, and reach out to someone you know in the church. The church has never closed. People 
have always been available. Reach out to an auntie, an uncle, or a friend, uh, you know, that you know, that you know from church, but maybe um, now you don't see them on a Sunday, but you can still reach out to them because we're always still here and say, hey, yeah, I need prayer. Oh, I, I, can I talk with you over Zoom for a couple minutes or over uh, FaceTime, whatever. Uh, there's so many platforms to still be able to, to share. I would say break it down even smaller than the groups. Oh, yeah. So maybe I can ask you this, Katie. So let's say in your YMG group where you and Mike serve as mentors, uh, how would you apply that? Because there's all these married couples. Some of them have little children. So how might you apply that in your group so that what you're describing takes place? Yeah. I mean, uh, we in our group, we have prayer partners. Mm-hmm. or two months at a time before we switch to another prayer partner that allows us to get to know everybody in the group. Our group, we have 12 couples. That's 24 people. Yeah, <laughs> That's plus a lot children. Of plus children. And, and um, so it does take some effort. But I think being able to break down into prayer partners and then even after the two months is over of that with your one partner, once set a couple, we still continue to follow up with some of those. At least we have pray for them, know what their prayer yeah. requests are. Yeah. And then every so often we can still check back as the relationships that's built is there. That's right. So it's not so much, okay, I'm going to move on to the next partner. And then I don't, I don't talk to you or don't pray for you anymore. You know, it's not like that. Right. But it does take um, the some kind of uh, opportunity for you to invest in those relationships. And again, it's how much you put into it. I mean, I could talk to you, PT, for an hour about chit-chat about the Lakers. I mean, I don't know. You could tell me all the rules about the I was going to say, I look forward to an hour of conversation with you about the Lakers. But that wouldn't really give us the spiritual encouragement that we would seek for in one another so there's intentional vulnerability in sharing about our spiritual walk with god what scripture verses has been encouraging you lately what has god been teaching you in your prayer times and how has he answered some of your prayers yeah ask specifically about our spiritual walk what are some areas of need that you have been lacking in faith maybe we can pray together about that for me, I mean, I have all kinds of areas of weakness. So for me to spew off a bunch of those is easy. But, you know, it does take the effort to go beyond talking about the Lakers, the weather, the, you know, whatever, and go beyond that and talk about where our uh, heart needs are. Yeah, those are great tips. You know, it makes me think when COVID first started, our church came together and we formed this relief team and it's to address the, the physical needs that people may have, or just maybe uh, how people needed uh, food uh, deliveries or grocery purchases, so on and so forth. So we uh, mobilized volunteers for that. Um, but in so many ways, if you're part of a group, it's kind of like that's your relief team, even when you're going through spiritual and personal crisis too, that there's people that you would be willing to call, even if it's at two in the morning with a text, you know, if you're struggling in your marriage, if you're having parenting issues with your children, if you're having issues of faith, that all of a sudden in the midst of this pandemic, you're like, where is God? I, I don't know where my faith is right now. Who can I tell? Who can pray for me? Who can I even pour out all of my doubts and all of my um, crisis of faith to? Well, hopefully there's at least a few people or at least just one. And I think that depth of relationship and trust gets built through a vehicle like a group. It doesn't just happen with, you know, people that you just randomly choose in the congregation, unless you knew them already, which then is not random. 
But that's the point is that we need to be connected to the church family beyond just the friendship we came into this church with. We want to be connected to the church family intentionally through groups. And it's through these crises in this pandemic in which our faith will be stretched and how we can grow and mature through it. Yeah, and I would put the burden not just on the group's leaders that like you said earlier, PT, about reaching out to the people in your group, but to everyone. You know, if you are part of this church, you're part of the team, you're wearing that jersey, you would help somebody who is around you. Um, and uh, so I would encourage everyone, no matter what stage you're in, you don't have to be the strongest person on the team to be able to help someone else. Um, help one another, reach out to somebody that maybe says, huh, I haven't seen that person for a while. Well, obviously, I haven't seen anybody for a while. But if God puts that person's um, uh, face in your, into your mind and you're wondering, well, give them a call, give them a text, and maybe that person is looking for someone to hear from. So, you know, I want to close today our episode by saying, you know, the church has never closed. People are still here. We're here for one another. We're part of the team together. And I like that, PT, that you say we all wear the same color jersey. And I particularly like that purple and gold. So that's okay. I, I approve of that. They're beautiful background. colors, yes. Yes. Um, we are wearing the same jersey. We're part of the team. So it's okay, no matter what, where you are at, to come back together, um, be people together, encourage one another. And not just because we're asking you to come back to church into the building, but we're coming back as a people to be a vibrant church of disciple makers that we help one another to grow in our walk with Jesus and to obey his commands. All right. Well, we'll talk about next time and I'm not going to see that background again next week, PT. Yeah. I might choose something even more beautiful. Okay. This is, this week was the only chance to get that. <laughs> it, yeah. Hopefully I could uh, be doing the other one next time. Oh. So we'll see. Okay. 